You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is uh, just weekly American History Podcast. Whoa! Each week I read a story from American History to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. But this is actually strange behavior because, first of all, you've changed it. You've been saying bi-weekly for a It's a not long bi-weekly. Time. Yes, but we just recorded a small up for the Patreon so for the first time in a long time, it is actually bi-weekly, and it's the first time that you've dropped it. You I'm are an take, interesting man. I'm going to take my top off. You're an interesting man. Um, we, are, uh, we are recording this episode separately. Mm-hmm. We hope that this will not be the regular, but it's good for video. You get to really see us in our abodes if you want to check out the video. And then, um, as I just alluded to, yes, Dave... We just uh, we've started to do some content for the Patreon. Um, that is the way to have an adless listening experience, as well as there's extra content up there. We're doing commentaries on movies that are around the podcast. Uh, the Falcon and the Snowman is the first one we've done. We just recorded a small up. We've got some other cool stuff we'll be doing. So if you want to join Patreon, you can do that shit. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help. With Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd. And the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. April 5th, 1937, year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. I would, I prefer to call him Jim Caviezel. Ari McCoy and Luther Powell had a baby boy named... And it's actually Lutter. Colin. They had a baby Colin, okay? Colin, he said. I believe that's how he pronounces it. Luther one of the, and... One of the, and a life riddled with oddities, the Colin Powell spelling it Colin will always... Well, he, he was adamant that you Americans say Colin, and he was adamant that it not be said that way. Who would fight to be called Colin? I do not know. It's pronounced anus. He's <laughs> Get it right, asshole. It's he pronounced it was- asshole. <laughs> he 
said he said it was the British way of saying it, but I don't know. Whatever. Uh, look. So it's not Colin. It's not which is where uh, where, where a lot of people would say. If it. someone, if your name is named after like the intestines or anus, and people pronounce it wrong, and you get to get away with it, I would go in that direction. You wouldn't hear me correcting people a lot on saying Col- as someone whose name has been bastardized and ravaged by a psychotic. I don't think that's true. It is true. You cha- you've ruined it. Go what to my Twitter, dickhead. Uh, so uh, the Powells were Jamaican immigrants who arrived in the U.S. in the early 20s. Uh, back then, a literacy test Wait, wait, had been- sorry. This is about... This is yeah, Colin... They- yeah, a baby uh, boy was born. His name was Colin Powell. Oh, my God. I did not... I was randomly talking about that correction. No, that's why we brought him up. It's because that was his name. The baby's name. Fuck. <laughs> Gareth looks very upset right now. I was like, oh, man, you really chum the waters with some light comedy before this, huh? Uh, yeah, so uh, Jamaican immigrants who arrived in the U.S. in the 20s. Uh, back then, you had to take a literacy test that Congress had come up with. Uh, and the oh. test was mostly from the Bible, so. <laughs> That's just a phenomenal. Worst. I know. The worst. And by the way, how about let's do some literary tests, literary tests around the people who are already here, too. If we're going to do Whoa. it. Whoa. Let's, let's all take some tests. I'm not saying I'll you- be staying. Why would you want to test the dumbest people on earth? Just to, so that you could be like, this is not good. <laughs> uh, so You're along, teaching critical grammar theory. So along with uh, Ari's sister, Alice, they lived in Harlem amidst uh, other Jamaican immigrants, and uh, they felt their lives were just as much Jamaican as New York, like it was a nice little you know mix. Sure. Ari was a bustler after, but after the birth of, uh, you look confused. Well, what the fuck's a bustler? What do you mean? What's a bustler? That's what I mean. It's a, it's a, do you know what bustle is? I know what, but yeah, I know what bustle is, but I've never heard of a bustler. You go out and you, and you fucking bustler your ass. Yeah. I see. You don't even know what it is. You're looking on your phone, aren't you jerky? I, I totally forgot. A bustler is, uh, that can't be right. See? Yeah, that's why uh, my face what? looked crazy. I'm a hustler uh, on the weekends. It, it says hustler, one that bustles. Yeah, it's a hustler. Okay, sure. I told you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You knew nothing, and you were vamping to act smart. So she just must have just gotten a bunch of different jobs and was, she was working a hu- wherever yeah. she could. Uh, Dave, it's called the gig economy. That's right. So uh, after the birth of their first child, Marilyn, in 1931, she stayed home. Uh, Luther worked in the stockroom of a suit manufacturer... Remember the days when you could have a guy that just worked in the stock room of a suit manufacturer? Mm-hmm. It was just his job. When things were kind of normal. stock room. Yeah. In 1937, uh, when uh, Colin arrived, they decided to name him the name Luther had seen on a shipping label earlier that morning. Well, I, but man, I, I'll bet he, he wishes that, that he had not seen that. <laughs> Colin. Colon. I want to call him Colin, but it's Colin. Yeah. It's it, Col- it, it, He it, was. I think yeah. they called him Colin, but he, he's, I think he switched to Colin on his own. Who um, does that switch? Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, that's how you pick a baby's name. You see it on a package. And this is, uh, go say hi to your uncle intestines. 
Oh, I forgot that you work in a morgue, and that's how all the babies got named. That <laughs> yeah, way. yeah, it was just pieces. This is your Uncle Park Kidney. There you go. Rectum, you son of a bitch. Get over here. I haven't seen you in a dog's age. Oh, you're filthy. Oh, my lord. Uh, so Polyp, in- come over here. <laughs> God, why is it? Why is why is this family just named after the ass parts of the body, Dave? This show is history and comedy, and you're uh, simply not going to glean a lot from the heart or the kidney. I, I think this tongue, is, little little baby tongue, would have been pretty good. That's good. See, you're working. I like that. Yeah, tongue's great. Yeah, yeah. Grandpa Lobe, I assume. Well, yeah, Grandpa right. Lobe is good. Hello, Lobe. There's little Jimmy nostrils. Oh, no, I hey. called him Jimmy. That's wrong. Yeah, you're off again. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So, um, so they moved to the Bronx, uh, which was considered like a step up from Harlem. And uh, Ari's uncle moved into an apartment down the street, and her other sister, Larice, bought a home nearby. So they, he had a bunch of family around them. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of Jamaicans. There's a lot of Jews. a lot of Italians in the neighborhood. Um, so he worked at Sixers, which was a Jewish-owned store. Okay. Uh, while he was there, he picked up a little bit of Yiddish. Sure. <laughs> oh, Colin loves Yiddish. Colin <laughs> uh, would later say of the owner, quote, I was so touched that he thought enough of me to tell me that I had the potential to do other things in life. Isn't sometimes that amazing? Gonna, sometimes you're going to call bullshit on things. That's a bullshit it, thing. Even if it's bullshit. Imagine a time when bosses were like nurturers. <laughs> yeah, you can, you, can, you can do a lot better than this. Oh, Colin, you're better than here. Instead of like, this, listen, listen. You want to get out of this shithole? Yeah, yeah. My store, fucking foreign. garbage dump. Well, you look at the signs they hang up now in like places. It's like, if your leg falls off, get here faster. That's the <laughs> spirit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so he... Later on, he would he would and a, a, a Jewish reporter start uh, interviewing him, and he started talking to Yiddish. The reporter's like, "Wait, wait, what? What?" I bet you there's um, a lot of countries that wish that that guy had never said that, and that's to that stockroom boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. So, Colin would later. Uh, oh, I already did that. Uh, so he's an average student uh, after high school. He went to the City College of New York and studied geography, which is a it's a total bullshit major. I mean. You do geography when you don't want to do other stuff. Like it's like I yeah, kind of like science, huh? but uh, I don't. Yeah, um, you don't have to like... get a most other. It's sciencey, but you don't have to get a, a bachelor of science. You can get a bachelor of arts. Okay. Uh, mm. As someone who got a BFA in theater, that's a kind of bullshitty degree. Uh, so Colin also joined the ROTC, where he excelled. Sure. So. He finally, after all the classing and that learning stuff, he found something he did well. That's march around and right. take orders. Right. So, uh, Colin was uh, a colon on the ROTC quote. I found something that I liked, and that was ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps in the military. And I not only liked it, but I was pretty good at it. That's what you really have to look for in life. Something that you like. Something that you think you're pretty good at. And if you can put those two things together, you're on the right track. And it's just drive on. It is a shame that it is over that. I mean, because it's like, you know, his beginnings is like a... I mean, and he is like... 
Uh, it's just a shame. It's a shame. It's just you wish. What if? What if? You know? What if someone was just like? Yeah, what if someone had handed him like something where it was like the direction was maybe a little more, uh, you know, good. Not terrible. Yeah. So yeah, so he's excited. Obviously, you know, he he, he when he looks at this time in his life, he's like other people should find this. When if they can find something as much as I loved the ROTC, it's, that's amazing. That it's like a bomb religion. Oh man! <laughs> so he graduates in 1958. Uh, he was a second lieutenant in the army and was assigned to West Germany. He was a platoon officer. Uh, 1961, he goes on a double date to help out a friend. His friend's like, "Look, I want to go out with this girl. Will you go out with her friend?" Times uh, are so different. <laughs> total blind date. <laughs> He's never met her, and he's immediately taken. Quote, she was fair-skinned with light brown hair and a lovely figure. I was mesmerized by a pair of luminous eyes and an unusual shade of green. Miss Johnson moved gracefully and spoke gracefully with a soft southern accent. Hmm. She told me of how the, why the water fountains were labeled differently. <laughs> so they were married the next year. They fell, they fell hard for each other. Four months later, though, he, he's now a captain, and he's assigned to uh, go to Vietnam to advise South Vietnamese soldiers. And we're talking, like, what year? This is 60... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. The end of... End of oh, no, 62, uh, December 62. Oh, my God. So, so... Oh, shit. So it's, you know, Kennedy's just sending people there to advise, and, you know, it's building up, it's, right? It's ramping right, up. Right. But Kennedy is pretty... Kennedy does not want to send, like... As oh, much. He, I don't know. He started it, you know. I mean, yeah, it's okay. not. I'm, we can't give him a pass on that. He he started pe- putting. No, I'm there. asking. I'm not sure. I just wanted. I'm no, curious. he did. Like, He's, you know, LBJ cranked it up, but he right. Kennedy did. Plan did what he, he did. He tilled the soil. Yeah. Uh. So he. His first kid is born while he's in Vietnam. Oh, that's fun. Uh. Colin advised his infantry to, quote, march into hell if necessary to accomplish, accomplish the mission. Right. The mission again? Uh, what? Freedom! It's to stop, uh, stop the... Communism. Communism from... Uh, communism's like a... It's like a sauce. It just leaks. Yeah. Goes down. And we got bomb bread. And we got bomb bread. So, you know, as things move on, they're out there... Doing shit, and Colin recalled seeing his first dead Viet Cong. Quote, I felt nothing. Certainly not sympathy. I had seen too much death and suffering on our side to care anything about what happened to theirs. Wow. So he's... Where's he seen all the death and suffering on our end? Well, there. He's already, you know, he's in a war. Oh, he's, They're in a right, war. Okay, right. You know? That's what he means. I mean, look, when we send advisors, it's not like they walk around with, uh, uh, you know, booklets right. telling people what to do. They're fucking getting in the action. Right. Um. Uh, so this this type of coldness is what he passed on to the four hundred men that he was advising. Mm-hmm. Good, which is nice. Yeah. So um, they didn't encounter many Viet Cong, but they were quick to destroy civilian lives. Mm-hmm. As they would march systematically, they would burn down homes and destroy food of villages. Hmm. They started fires with the Ronson and Zippo lighters from Consortium News, quote, old women would cry hysterically as their ancestral homes and worldly possessions were consumed by fire. Do you want to just hold up like a sign when it's time for jokes again? Is that no, this is the want... funny part? 
Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't, oh yeah. Yeah. Liam is, is second. Yeah, yeah. No, this um, is fu- very funny. Just an old woman crying because the uh, place she's lived in forever is now being burned to the ground because she I'm happened to live the there. Comedic angle as much. Well, the as other you guys are. have a different political idea, so we should probably burn down this old lady's house. Just yeah, I guess I'll 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 work on some stuff. You keep you keep going yeah. with your part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Colin quote sorry colon quote Why were we torching houses and destroying co- crops? Ho Chi Minh said. Ho Chi Minh had said the people were like the sea in which his gorillas swam. We tried to solve the problem by making the whole sea uninhabitable. In the hard logic of war, what difference did it make if you shot your enemy or starved him to death? Well, uh, colon, the difference is is that you're (laughs) harming civilians. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, he was just, where did this come from? What, this this colon fella? Well, it's it. Uh, it seemed like, you know, it was like, yeah, all right, I yeah. met a girl. Things are good. Yeah, had a nice upbringing. Yeah, I I think if you, I I would, I would argue if you if you go to something like the ROTC when you're in college and you you're love it that much, there's something very authoritarian about you, right? And you're inclined to this, yes, right. Uh, I could be wrong. There could be some people in the ROTC who are very individualistic and love freedom. Hey, man, freedom. Uh, maybe we should just, like, take a minute, man. Why don't we try, like, <laughs> talking to him, dude? In 1963, Colin Colon stepped Come on, on a punji stick. So he, he Sorry, what? He what? A punji stick. So it's, uh, it's a booby-trapped thing of steaks made out of bamboo. Okay, and he, so what did he do to it? it? Oh, he, he stepped, stepped on, on it. it. Okay, okay. It's like okay. it's like a bamboo landmine, I guess is how you think of it. Okay, it's a bamboom. It's a bamboom. So the Viet Cong would put him where they thought uh, the troops would walk through, and sure enough, you know they did. So his inf- his foot becomes infected and swollen. Uh, he could hardly walk. So that's it for his tour of Vietnam. Oh wow! Now he goes back home. Uh, he's there for a while. Uh, March sixteenth. 1968, a group of American soldiers headed into the village of My Lai. Led by Lieutenant William Kelly, they were searching for Viet Cong. They found no Viet Cong. Instead, it was just a quiet village, mostly women, children, and older men. And they're making their breakfast rice when the Americans show up and the troops go through the huts. They don't find anything. They find like three guns. Uh, even to the surprise of some of the soldiers, Callie ordered them to begin executing the villagers. At first, some of the soldiers were like, I don't want to do that. But as everyone started shooting, they all just joined in. Oh, it's one of the most brutal, brutal massacres, most well-known and brutal massacres of unarmed civilians during the Vietnam War and maybe, you know, American history. Soldiers killed most of the people in the village, women, children. People who tried to run were gunned down. Mothers shooting their children were shot. The children watched their parents... Uh, being executed before they were killed. Uh, There were rapes, mutilations. It's a fucking, just a nightmare. (sighs) Hut set on fire, the entire village burned down. 500 people murdered. Soon after this, Colin Powell returns to Vietnam. And in November 1968, a major in the army named Colin Powell receives a letter from army specialist Tom Glenn whose tour had recently ended. And he described 
the crimes that had happened at My Lai and throughout the war. He went on, quote, fired with an emotionless that belies unconscionable hatred and armed with a vocabulary consisting of UVC, soldiers commonly interrogate by means of torture that has been presented as a particular habit of the enemy. Severe beatings and torture at knife point are usual means of questioning captives, of convincing a suspect that he is indeed a Viet Cong. What has been outlined here, I have seen not only on my own, but also in others we have worked with, and I fear it's universal. If this is the case, it is a problem which cannot be overlooked, but can, through a more firm implementation of codes of the Military Assistant Command Vietnam and the Geneva Conventions, perhaps be eradicated. Now, so he basically Colin, he write, he basically writes a confession letter. Yeah, he writes a confession letter, and it's also well, it's a whistleblower a plea, letter, yeah, right, a plea. Right. Like, can we be slightly human here? Right. Now, the guy whose job it is is to receive this sort of information and then report it up is a guy named Colin Powell. Hmm. And I'm guessing he did. It. What he does is help is to cover tell, it up. Tell them. Mm. Why? I, it's so, what's so fucking, this is what's so fucking weird is that, and I guess it's just like growing up in the time I did and getting information in the way that I did, but it was always like, he was, he was just, he seemed like a different person. He really did. Well, yeah, we'll get to why. Yeah. That, that is a, that is a media construction. By the way, calling it my lie and then further lying is also a little shit. I hope I'm not saying it wrong. I always thought it was my lie, but I think it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't want to. You think it's something else? What? I I think you're right, but I don't know. But Um, either way, the fact that it's lie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he helps. He decides to help cover this up. Quote, there may be isolated cases of mistreatment of civilians and POWs. This is by no mean reflects this by no mean reflects the general attitude throughout the division. And again, one of his responsibilities is to monitor reports from the war. And he had noticed the unit that committed the, the massacre had an unusually number of casualties that month, but he doesn't think much of it. He's like, oh, that's just a thing. Well, how could that be related? Yeah. The Army's official story about my life was that they had killed 128 VC and captured three weapons. So that's what Colin, that's what Colin starts telling people, even though he has this letter, and he's seeing the troop reports. How many people were actually killed? 500. Fuck. Not one of them VC. Uh, so he parrots this lie. It, in reality, no VC are killed. Uh, Colin had tons of opportunities to tell the truth, but he kept with the Army's lie. And he did his part to cover up what are just fucking horrific war crimes. But this is the last time he lies. <laughs> in 1971, he testified at the trial of a general who had ordered the shooting of unarmed civilians from helicopters. And he testified on the general's behalf and said it was a reasonable response given the nature of war. So That is so... so that, that, that being... I mean, that is a large... <laughs> That covers quite a spectrum of things you can do. Yeah, he's basically saying if war. you're at war, you can do anything. I'm just going to start kicking you in the balls and saying because of war. <laughs> and shooting from a helicopter, like, it is just so, I, I, it, as it, and this is like where we are now, you're so far removed from what 
the it's not even to call it fair, but it's just like the dominate like it's just it's not a war. I mean, it's not a fight. It is just a I mean, if you're just fucking plowing people from down from a helicopter. That's that's not that's like I, that's how I feel about like hunting where I'm like, that's not I don't feel OK. I feel like. Even if you're into war, you should be like, that's fucked up. Even if you're into hunting, you should be like, that's shitty. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he, he says the reasonable response. Um, upon returning from Vietnam in 1971, he goes back to school and he earns an MBA from George Washington University and then gets a White House fellowship in 1972 and 1973 for Richard Nixon. Now, that's not unrelated to what he did about the My Lai Massacre. So there, right? So so there is. I mean, there's part of it, right? Obviously, there he learns that, like, you know, part of your path is being a good corporate guy, and you know, standing up for the company. Yeah, right. He'll say whatever the company wants. Right. Uh, So there he became close with future indicted Iran Contra co-conspirator Casper Weinberger. In 1973, Nixon, along with General Augusto Pinochet led a military coup in Chile to oust socialist president Alvador Allende. Allende was the first Marxist elected president in Latin America. So it's just further communist stuff where it's just like, this guy's a communist. Yeah, they took out Allende, uh, who's a totally democratically elected dude. So he, he wanted to nationalize industries, expand education, and empower the working class. Uh, Disgusting. Disgusting. Someone the US, help them. <laughs> the U.S. couldn't allow this, particularly because... He wants to nationalize U.S.-owned mines. Uh, Chile was a bastion of democracy until the coup. Democratically, <laughs> democratically elected, Allende killed himself when uh, Pinochet and three other generals attacked um, the capital. Colin downplayed it. Oh Colin God. downplayed the whole thing, writing it off as a U.S. response to the fear and danger of communism around the world. Pinochet would go on to rule brutally, killing and torturing thousands of political opponents. Uh, in, the, in, 19, uh, the, uh, <laughs> in 1975, stop. in 76, Colin attended the National War College, which is a real place. What? Which, the National War College? It, it housed the National Defense University in Washington, D.C. He went there to study war. What the fuck? It's a war college where you study at we, war. At least we come up with like names that cover the tracks better now. I mean, that's not going to just crank out a bunch of psychopaths at all. Uh, I'm going to school for war. That's good. That seems like a good thing for humanity to have and do. And now I would like to just point out how much of a supreme bullshitter Colin Powell is. Oh, boy. Because he says he went there to study war. Did they have any sports teams? Yeah, the murderers. Uh, <laughs> I played basketball for the war school. <laughs> Stab the other team. Stab them. Kill the coach. We poison the coach. Bayonets. It's baseball, the boys. Coach. The, coach has a, the coach will coach one half, but then it'll be over. We're going to do a halftime coup on the coach. <laughs> All right, guys, here's your new coach. Hello, everybody. Uh, the new idea for how to play basketball is for you guys to give them the ball. All right? You're going to pass. You're probably all a little curious where the other coach is. Yeah, he's not uh, going to be coming back. But he's fine. But he's done. 
and what? we're going to change. I'm going to give me that whiteboard here. Let me scratch off a lot of that. The name of the game is make sure the other team, the, you got to make sure the worst team wins. What? And um, stop saying what, dipshit. What well, doesn't? You got to make sure the other team wins, okay? That's the point of this. So give them the ball a bunch. Uh, Turn it over a bunch. What? I, I, let's do this. Let me drop a play called the forfeit. Have you guys ever seen this? It's like the no. triangle offense, but it's a four. So you get four of you here, and then you give up round here. And then this guy right here, the point guard, he'll go tell the ref, we're done. And then the war school wins. How does that sound for everybody? I don't like that. It better sound good. Okay. It better be okay. <laughs> you have a knife. Yeah, it's good. All right, great. All right, guys, go out there. Go forfeit. I love these kids. I love these kids. Dig deep, guys. Go tell them we're done. Yeah. So. I'm a democratically elected coach. This is what he said. This is why I say Colin is a supreme bullshitter. Quote, I came to study war, and while I learned about war, I learned even more about the importance of finding peace. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> you don't get to say that now. Not after that other shit. I mean, they, they, you know, the, the very concept of war through peace had a good run. But, I mean, good Lord, we have now completely proven and squandered yeah. that concept. That concept is so dead now. Yeah, like, I when you like talk about, one. like, World War II, you're like, okay, this was a... This was a war. This was a this was a war to stop an actual thing, and then you know since then it's just like there's no there's no that war that war didn't end wars. It just created other wars in the Cold War. Well, it just created the appetite for like economic war money. I love war money. Oh, it's the tastiest tastiest bucks. Yeah, so he's he's full of shit. So uh, he's like a colon. He he speaks very fondly of his time at the War College. Quote. It was at the War College that I realized that there was a bigger world out there than an infantry battalion or the brigade Uh. that I was about to get. There was a bigger world out there that I had to prepare myself for if I was going to keep making a contribution to the Army and to national defense. He 100% had a go-to-the-window moment. He's uh, he he realizes oh, this is just a guy who's, who wants to climb the ladder. That's all that's fucking happening here. He just wants to get to the top of the ladder. A whole new war. That's right. Something for me, colon to adore. <laughs> a whole new war. Something that we did, but better than before. A whole new war. Something that I'm fighting for, colon. Yeah. Huh? Hey. Hey. Um, okay. So, All right. well, it seems so he, le- he learned just more uh, to war. He learned how politics work. Quote, I had to learn the classic studies before that went before. I worked hard at it. So Reagan wins in, in 1980, and uh, Colin's colleagues are all over the Defense Department now. It's his co-leagues. Colin leagues. He's a colonel. Uh, he spent time in He's South Korea. Co- okay. Uh, he I was working on another in, one. You're right. I know. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Do you want to do it? Uh, He's a colonel. Okay. <laughs> he had uh, commands in Kansas and Colorado, and then he's in D.C. in 83. Sorry, I hate to keep doing it. Colorado. <laughs> he's in D.C. in 83. 
where he becomes Casper Weinberger's military assistant. Okay. So he's deep in, man. He's fucking, he's yeah. on the track. Yeah. Uh, and he's so in uh, that between 1984 and 1985, Colin was at the center of the Iran-Contra scandal. As the U.S. illegally shipped weapons to Iran uh, and to the Contras in Nicaragua. That's crazy. I didn't... <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like uh, his entire history has been completely whitewashed. I just am like... It's literally yeah. like name name the worst showing, things that happen. He's happened. showing up in a lot of spots. What's that? <laughs> Zelig? He's like the he's like the guy that shows up in all the worst things in American history. Yeah, that time. right. Yeah, yes, yes. He's the he's 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 Warist Gump. <laughs> uh, so he denied that he was in the loop, and in by in, the in 19, way, but feels feels like that was the general uh, vibe of. <laughs> I didn't know I wasn't there. None of us were. How would I know? I don't. How would I know that? I believe it. It seems like some people who also didn't know were doing some things they didn't know that I never knew about. I don't. I'm not the guy. My lord, the guy is. Oh gosh, I thought they meant like appendages. Yes. Turns out they meant weapons. I thought we were trading a bunch of you know weird limbs. I mean, we're at the White House. All we know about is uh, arms and legs and stuff. We don't know about the other kind. If you expect the president to know about things of this nature, you just overestimate the office. So, look, if he hadn't, if he hadn't been in his position, the Iran-Contra scandal wouldn't have happened. That's how important he was. So there had in the past been a covert operation scandal named Yellow Fruit, and then after that, the Pentagon put a system in place to monitor weapons inventory so that people couldn't secretly get weapons. The system... Smart. <laughs> the system is supposed to set off an alert if something like that is going down. For instance, if weapons are going to Iran. Yeah, if weapons are missing. But... Colin Powell was able to keep the weapons out of the inventory so no alarms were set off. One Pentagon Pentagon advisor had warned Colin, quote, there was no lawful way to transfer the weapons without notifying Congress. But Colin figured out a way to justify it. Call them lamps. He said it was okay because Reagan had made a secret order. Right. So literally, with all the shit that happened in Iran, I kind of agree with him. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you <laughs> off, but I kind of get his angle. <laughs> it seems true because the rule is yeah. <laughs> Fuck. He was the fucking. He was the stopgap. He was the safety valve right. that which was is supposed what, to yes, stop right. it. Right. Which and we've he. Had, which, yeah. So he again now. This is the second time. Remember, he got the fucking letter from about yeah, the, the My Lai Massacre, and now he's yeah. done this. So already we have a terribly evil person. I mean, there's no... I like to think of it like we have a company man, sort of like okay. you alluded to earlier. I think we have a t- what I would call a team player, someone who gets it. Colin would later say, quote, the scheme was still foolhardy, but now 
illegality in what came to be known as the Iran-Contra affair grew out of other elements. So he's saying that the stuff that was illegal was not what he did. It was other stuff that happened. So the selling of, of weapons to Iran wasn't illegal. Right. It was, it was using the funds to pay the Contras and lying about it. That was the problem. He also said the weapons. I mean, uh, that is that. I mean, really, that is just like the guy who's like, I never put the money in the bag. I mean, yeah, it was in the bank, but I didn't rob it. I didn't rob it. Chuck, Chuck robbed it. It is just finding the smallest little fucking, just the slightest crack to squeeze through. Yeah, well, it's it is. It's like it. It's just it is like. Look, I don't care what's around you. Cover that ass. It's it's the same thing as it, it depends on what you mean by the definition of totally. is. Totally. Totally. Depends on what the definition of is is. All right. Well, it's um. how do I put this? It's is. It's is as in the word is that we all agreed on. It's is. I'm still very confused. This Rhodes Scholar doesn't understand the question. You know, is is used in many different formats. I think you're getting hung up on what is means. Now, the question isn't is. What is jizz? When you say jizz, what do you mean? It depends on what your definition of jizz is. And then your definition of is when it comes to that jizz. And if that jizz is the jizz you're isn't about. Can we take a five-minute break? I don't know. Yeah, let's take an hour. I'm parched. I'm no, so we're all We're all very parched and upset. We're all very confused as to what, some what, of us need it, a shower. What, what does is mean? I would no, love to get to the bottom stop. of that. Nobody wants to. I've know. opened up a council to dig deep and figure out what the hell does is mean? I, I don't like it when you we say We still are deep. unable to figure out what it, what is is. Um, I want to know as much as every American. What no. is the word is? Okay, just stop. Well, we're gonna As, I, well if you want to stop, then you want to stop. But I, I, I want to... OJ's going to look for the original killer. I want to find what the fuck is is. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> <sighs> So many winning figures. <laughs> um, he also he also said that since the weapons were sold to the CIA, who gave them to Iran, that it was kosher. So he just said all these yeah. fucking. No, no, no. I gave uh, I gave Andy the heroin to give to David. <laughs> so I didn't do nothing. <laughs> Uh, he would later run interference for Reagan, deflecting blame away from the president. Colin also spent the Reagan years ramping up his Cold War rhetoric and pushing for more military spending against what was a declining Soviet Union. Yes, but Dave, a lot of times I find the declining empires to be the scariest. Mm, mm-hmm. Now, all of this great work he's done culminates in 1989. Culminates. Sorry, I'll stop. When he earns his four star as a general under President George H.W. Bush. Best president of my lifetime. And then in August of that year, he became the first black chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What an achievement. I mean, mm-hmm. the diversity, when you have the diversity like this, where you have a, a finally a black man can kill all the other non white people in other countries, it is, uh, it's, it's wonderful. One of the harder things to be living through in this country currently is the that stuff that you just alluded to, yeah. where you're just like, look, I don't really honestly care what anyone looks no. like. 
these are not um, honorable moments as no, much as no. it's just like you're trying to repackage the same shit in a way that convinces us that progress is being, you know, yeah. the FBI or CIA, I can't remember who it was, but some of the diversity videos they were putting out uh, about a year ago were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. were unbelievable. Awesome. Like, awesome. Like a deaf guy who was like, I make missiles and I'm deaf. And it was like, wait, sorry, what, the, what was the first part again? Can we actually backtrack real quick? There's a beginning part. Yeah, so, you know, now he's, uh, now he's a, a bigwig. And um, now at this time, Bush had decided to take out his ex-drug-running uh, guy, Manuel Noriega of Panama. The, so when Bush was in the CIA, the CIA worked with uh, Noriega. So, you know, they were buds. In, so now he's got to get rid of him, right? Right. Because he's too out of control. So right. in mid-December, four U.S. officers four U.S. officers ran a roadblock of Panamanian defense forces in Panama, and the PDF forces opened fire. Uh, an American was killed. Another was held prisoner. Now, I was around for this and watching it very closely. It really seemed like a bullshit setup. Um, I never bought it. A lot of Americans you, you mean, did. Sorry. You mean, okay. So you think pre-orchestrated. Meaning, well, they, they ran they ran the roadblock on purpose. Like they, right. right. Yeah, there was a whole okay. thing. Right. Um, I, I just, there's no way based on our history that this was as black and white as they called it. I mean, absolutely no fucking way. It's America. Right. Um, it's a hell so of a Bush, thing to, but it's ama- <laughs> amazing thing to just be able to say and for me like, that's fair. <laughs> but so because Bush America. Goes, right. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Bush goes off on this. I mean, he's just that that's the last straw. So on December 20th, 1989 under Colin Powell's recommendation, the U S invaded Panama in order to capture general Manuel Noriega and destroy the Panamanian defense force. Hundreds to thousands of civilians were killed in the attack. We don't know because they just Hundreds obliterated two thousands. Ghettos. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hundreds, two thousands. Right. Okay. Cause that, uh, we're killed in the attack. We don't know how many because they just obliterated these two ghettos. Um, the true body counts just never going to be known. Yeah, that's what, part what of. That's is, part of. Uh, we're not very good at those numbers. Yeah. Whoops. Three hundred fifty Panamanian soldiers. Twenty three American soldiers uh, is the official number. Noriega disappeared for a bit. At home, Colin Plowd he declares victory. Uh, after it's all over, the UN General Assembly declared the invasion illegal. So again, it's a it's an illegal invasion. It's those are war crimes. Again, Colin's in like a bad spot. In retrospect, it probably would have been a good decision to actually follow through on prosecution of war crimes because it feels <laughs> like uh, sort of eventually just got a little uh, be, kind of yes. became the norm. Had you had you prosecuted him for any of the stuff that he had done, he. He is the key to the Iraq war. So if you, if you took him out at any of these illegal things right, he did, he's not right. doing that. I mean, yes, if you let these people do this shit, they will then do something worse. Yes. Hands down. In 1990 to 91, uh, Colin was the top general in Bush's Persian Gulf War. Bush wanted uh, to be seen. He it's wanted all because to weaken- he was a wimp. He wanted to weaken Saddam Hussein's army, right? And but but wasn't was a huge. I mean, the behind the initial invasion, 
a lot of that was just that George Bush was seen as a wimp, right? Uh, yes, like it George was for Bush, oil and yes. the fact that he was a, he was viewed as like a fucking pussy. Yeah, yeah. This the everybody. Call, I mean, they would have been memes of wimp, wimp, wimp. Now it was right. you know Doonesbury calling him wimp. All the media calling him a wimp. Like it, yeah, he it, these two not so invasions. wimpy now, am I? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you very call Mr. Burnsy. You call the ex-head of the CIA a wimp, he's going to just start fucking killing people in other countries. Christ. I mean, honestly, when you put it like that, it's like, what were you doing? (laughs) Call him a tough guy, please. So Bush wants to weaken Saddam, who is an ex-ally, and also they want to erase the scar of Vietnam. They want people to like war again. It's a big part of the Persian Gulf War. Uh, He wants to make it palatable for the American public. It could have all been avoided with a withdrawal agreement, which Saddam apparently was looking for. Um, And uh, to his credit, Colin Powell didn't want to actually continue the ground war, and Bush did. But one of the main reasons given for the war was fake satellite photos were used to show a military buildup on the border. Did, Did Colin Powell know? Did the head of the military know that we were using fake satellite photos? Do you think that could be a thing? No. Hope not. <laughs> uh, colon, quote, it is important to plant the American flag in the Saudi desert as soon as possible. He'd write that in his memoir, and he'd say that he was reasonably sure Iraq wouldn't invade Saudi Arabia. So in his memoir, hmm. he, basically he says, admits it's bullshit. He says it's bullshit. <laughs> Fuck. And and, I mean, I, that is crazy. It's just what's crazy is just to never actually want to reconcile that as a country, to never yeah. have like the, you know, the push to be like, holy fuck, yeah. that's crazy. Instead, yeah. we're like, oh, he's a pretty good book. <laughs> and look, those troops that he wanted in Saudi Arabia so bad, Osama bin Laden used those troops being in Saudi Arabia as his number one recruiting tool. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, so there was a media, this was the first media blackout. So one way that we make it more and more palatable, we, we learn in Vietnam, is don't show stuff. Right. So the first 48 hours of the ground war, there is no, we're seeing, we see nothing. All there was was video, video game-like clips of bombings right. and a shitload of Colin Powell at a podium explaining things. So it's almost like, it's almost like he's hosting the Academy Awards, right? He is, he is hosting the the war. Yeah. He's hosting the war. So that's all people are looking at. The American prospect. Boy, we really should start doing it like that. (laughs) Welcome to America's 55th war. Tonight, <laughs> we will invade. Yeah. In memoriam, yeah. Granada, El Salvador, uh, Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long list we've got going on here. Um, yeah, so he it's just all eyes on him. The American prospect, quote, and many reporters treated Powell like he was the story, marveling at his career, speculating about whether he had... Ike-like political aspirations in the weeks before and as the ground combat took place. It, so it they just, are just, I mean... It, it, I, I, where, what, what, do you, what do you blame more? Do you blame the evil that 
has always just kind of been in the marrow of the bones of this country? Or do you blame the inability to sustain journalistic integrity and have the media actually just hold feet to the fire? I guess it's a hard, it's that one. That's what I always feel. I feel like it's this failure of journalism and failure of us to hate fake journalists. Um, They, no, it's the journalist's fault. I, I, look, you're always going to have evil people trying to do evil things. Right. The media's job is to call them out. Right. And help you you process proper information and, and acknowledge reality to, to really hold a mirror up. I mean, basically the job is to show us what is actually taking place. Uh, Cohen lied. He just flat out lied about a, a bombing that happened. Quote, There was a story earlier today about the infant formula factory. It is not an infant formula factory any more than the Rapta chemical plant. He could have just stopped it any (laughs) more. Any more than the Rapta chemical plant in Libya made aspirin. It was a biological weapons facility. Of that, we are sure, and we have taken it out. CNN reporter Peter Arnett then went there, and it was a baby formula factory. So right there, that was a time when CNN would actually be like, let's see if this is true. Yes. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, well, the next war we would shoot at the... uh, No, there might have been this war. Yeah, it was this war, I think, where Peter Arnett was like shot at by American troops in the Baghdad Hotel. Whatever. What? Yeah, to scare the journalists, they started like, oh, we're just going to bomb the hotel you're in. Like, it's just all fucking crazy. Well, I guess I get why they comply a little bit more. <laughs> like, Jesus. Okay, what do you want us to say? Okay. Sure. That, that works, too. We didn't know what you were trying to tell us. So, look, he's just lied about this uh, baby formula factory that we bombed. But what are columnists doing? Well, they're wondering if uh, Colin would be Bush's VP for the 92 campaign. They're like, maybe he can get rid of Quail and have this guy as his VP. Look at him. He's fucking awesome. When the attack is over, as just thousands of Iraqis lay dead, Pal is a American hero. Colin used his newfound level of fame and popularity to help get a pardon for his friend Casper Weinberger. Weinberger has wor- had worked alongside Powell in the Iran-Contra scandal, and Colin denied all knowledge of the affair, and everybody believed him. Weinberger was set, however, to take the heat. Powell testified on his behalf. Weinberger ended up not facing trial, and then Bush pardoned him. So Colin is politically ambiguous. Colin. Uh, he- Colin, sorry. Colin is politically ambiguous, and because uh, he's a general, he's popular with Democrats and Republicans. They both think he's their guy. Right. In nineteen ninety two in nineteen ninety two he was suggested to be a VP pick on both the Republican and Democratic tickets. <laughs> we are just, <laughs> just we, out of our we, we, we are us weekly the military. <laughs> I mean, what in God's name? It's just like it's not like there's not interesting shit to talk about. There's fucking crazy shit going on. He's probably and like at times think he's going to get hit with hard questions. It's like, Colin, is there any way you'll ever be single? I mean, we're just all hearing <laughs> stuff about your wife and maybe that there's something. Uh, there's a lot of, what about these rumors about you and Nicole Kidman? 
Like, just the dumbest. Well, he, his wife didn't want him. We found out later his wife didn't want him to run for anything. Um, in except, 19, from his, except from his past. Except from, yeah. In 1995, uh, Colin just declared himself a Republican and campaigned for Republican candidates. Okay. In 1996, a lot of people wanted him to run against Bill Clinton. But he didn't want the job. He wasn't interested in politics. And he still led in the New Hampshire polls in 1996 and won the New Hampshire Republican primary on write-in votes. What? What? What the fuck? Wow. I mean, he D's nuts it? <laughs> because, because he stood at a podium while we just fucking bombarded a country. Well, by the way, it's also that he doesn't want to do it. It's a, that is that is a there reluctant is some, hero. There is something about that that makes you go like, "That's why we need you," mm-hmm. because you're not like the rest. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I can't imagine he, winning though. He's like, "I have to go give a uh, accepted speech." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Again, I'm not doing this, so please stop. So he defeated. Bill Clinton in an exit poll conducted on election day. Wow. If he had been the nominee for Republican uh, party, he could have easily won. He would be mentioned as a possible candidate in every election between 1998 and 2016. What? I mean, okay. And we are full of psychopaths. (laughs) What, 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 what makes him different? Why would he not want more power? What, what is it? His wife. His I really wife, think his it wife was his is wife. It. His wife really did not want him. You know, they had three kids, and, and she also thought, like, well, that's a job where I, I'm, I have a job. Like, right. it's not, it, once you're the first lady, now you're a thing. You're and a she was like, right. that's not, she goes, I'm, I'm happy. She really liked being a military wife, but she's like, that's a whole different animal. <sighs> but just the fact that people, People want him so bad. All he has done is stood at a podium and talked about how awesome our bombings were and fucking lied. Yeah, they, but they've just, they've just spent so long turning our brains and expectations into mush. Yeah. So uh, there's a New Yorker profile of uh, Colin, and in it, Jesse Jackson was asked about him. Quote, we can all have positive assumptions, but we still don't know. Huh. We do know that very right-wing white people can trust him. They can trust him to drop bombs. Man, you got to, like, I mean, he really had, like, that is, Jesse, I remember when Jesse Jackson was, when when did he run? He ran in what? like 88. Just the vilification of him. Right, so, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of, like, what kind of black dude is this obviously in there? Um, when Colin was asked how he had something like racial erasure in these quarters of power, he said, quote, one, I don't shove it in their face. You know, I don't bring any stereotypes or threatening visage to their presence. Some black people do too. I can overcome any stereotypes or reservations they have because I perform well. Third thing is, I ain't that black. Wow, 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 wow. That's, wow. 
very it's a fascinating statement. It is a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I, look, it's it's something two white guys can't really go into. I just I know agree. that uh, I have some uh, alarm bells going off, and you know, well, I, it, I would it, love to have I would love to have you know an African American come on here and explain to me what the breakdown of that is. Um, so he 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 cashed in, right? Colin Powell cashed in now. He wrote a book, My American Journey. It was the fastest selling book in Random House history. He he got <laughs> he got a six million dollar advance. Oh, for fuck's sake! I, I it's just like what is public service? I mean, he just just bring up what he did with the the My Lie Massacre. What he did with fucking Iran Contra? Like why? Okay, whatever. I know it's in, it's 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 more interesting because it, it it's is, so re- it's so much more relevant to how the world works. And I mean, we're beings who are trying to like process the world around us, and inf- information in that is so important. And yet, we just have no. <laughs> I mean, I'm a great example. Yeah. When I went when I started this podcast, I was like, man, this guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> So, you know, besides the book, he, he, he starts hitting the lecture circuit. He's just making millions of dollars. Um, him and his wife create a nonprofit called American Promise to promote... They also created a profit. To create, to promote youth volunteerism. Sure. And is it, uh, I know he's a general, but even for a general, that's pretty general. <laughs> so this connected him with corporate America. So now his company, and he's schmoozing with... Oracle, Best Buy, Kellogg, Taco Bell. He's getting money from these companies for his... So he's in the fucking mix now, right? He's gone from military now to corporate money, right? He's, and his nonprofit is is like in, intertwined in that? Yeah, his nonprofit is like... It's like one of those vague... It did get criticized for being like, yeah, this is a thing. I don't know what the... Like, it was like, help kids, get them off the street, give, right. give them it's something just important so va- to do. It's a vague nonprofit. It's it's a total... And people are like, volunteerism. So I guess vo- volunteerism is... I don't know. It's a thing. It, it, whatever. Sure. So it, in 1999... Volunteer at Taco Bell for free. <laughs> in 1999, longtime volunteerism advocate Susan Ellis called the data on American Promise, quote, mystifying. So the... <laughs> All the data that's coming in about what this group has been doing for three years, she's like, that's not a thing. Right. Companies weren't reporting what they had done. Those who did weren't asked to validate it, so they could just say they did shit. The number of kids reached was incredibly low, and she said a dozen reporters had interviewed her, and and they told her she was the only one who would officially go on record and say anything bad about Colin's organization. She asked, quote, what exactly is the risk of questioning Colin Powell's leadership or why he has required mega bucks for his presentations to conferences? Yeah. And I mean, it's just again, it's like it, it is. It is just it's an avoidance of what you're supposed to. I mean, you, you're in a very important role of reporting truth. If you wilt and fail that, I mean, in retrospect now, it's it is. It is the key. It's the moat around reality. Yeah. So, uh, Colin Prey. So this is a great example of what this, this group did. Uh, Colin praised Kellogg's quote. 
The Kellogg Company is a perfect example of what happens when corporate America takes the lead in helping our nation's at-risk young people. They offered $30 million in donations. What? For, but again, it's like, okay. But and then... That was in the form of messages on cereal boxes. I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm being genuine. Uh, like they so so th- so they so <laughs> okay you're Kellogg. so he okay guy comes to you and he says i want to help at risk youth you know we need to reach out to them we need to we need to get messages to them we need to you know help them out but i give and you 30 million dollars for this n- n- no so they're like how about if we give you 30 million dollars worth of what pr whatever we're going to write a message they, on a cereal they, box 30 million dollars of ink our valuation is $30 million, which is a write-off. So then they're able to donate to his charity to some... I mean, it, whatever. It is... But they... It's a write-off. They, they're, putting a, they're putting a blurb on a fucking cereal box and, and saying it's worth $30 million. And get money back because they're... Because I mean, they're yeah. saying that could be ad space or whatever. Yeah. But if it, it would be different if they were buying billboards, but it's like, you're already making the boxes. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but it's a lot of work to add that message. (laughs) The previous year before they did this, Kellogg had fired 745 workers in Battle Creek. The next month, workers agreed to a contract to get a raise of $1.43 over three years. A couple years after that, 500 more would be laid off. Today, Today, they've gone on strike after being forced to work weeks straight on unlivable wages. Kellogg's just brought in scabs. None of that fucking matters because they're a great company because they put, uh, hey, Jimmy, play basketball after school thing on a fucking Wheaties box. Like, it's crazy. So, uh, Colin, he's rolling in it, right? He's now, Colin's he's rolling. Now, he's now one of the highest priced speakers in the U.S. The New York Times, quote, amassing an investment portfolio in excess of $28.2 million. It's enough to print ads on a box. Hmm. So uh, then the year 2000 comes, George W. Bush steals the presidency, and uh, he appoints Colin Powell Secretary of State. I didn't steal anything, sir. And then comes 9-11. Colin Powell, quote, the American people wanted somebody killed. Which is true. Yes. The Bush administration sold the huge lie that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. Quote, intelligence gathered by this and other governments leaves no doubt that the Iraq regime continues to possess and conceal some of the most lethal weapons ever devised. This regime has already used weapons of mass destruction against Iraq's neighbors and against Iraq's people, which we uh, helped him get, whatever. Um, Bush also said Hussein was training and harboring terrorists, including al-Qaeda, the connection, it's so, it really, it, even then it was like, this is like. Oh, everybody, we all knew it was a lie then. It was that's so something, thin. That's something that came out when Powell died is everyone was like, well, he didn't know. We all fucking knew. We all knew he was lying. Oh, we were all like, what is happening right now? Yeah. We believe that the uh, Tooth Fairy, and uh, because she leaves money in Santa Claus, is also uh, involved in the gift-giving process, which leads us to Easter Bunny. Yeah. Um, so it's just no, a general sounds, war. It yeah. sounds right. They're all not pretend. This is all real. You know, I, I like the way you talk. Like you sound like a guy I want to have a beer with. So I, I'm I'm down. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm like you. I don't really know what the fuck to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're fun. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, um, so they tie they tie you know Hussein to terrorists, which is you know bullshit. Um, General Wesley Clark would later reveal the U.S. was planning to take out seven countries in five years: Iraq, right. Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Iran. So now, so this is like, well, we have a perfect time to take out Iraq. This is a great reason to do it. But yeah, we have a general on the record saying that was the plan. Colin, uh, Colin, Colin painted himself as reluctant, but he came across as a rational supporter that balanced out the frothing revenge crew like Cheney, Rumsfeld, and Bush. So he's he's what they need, right? He is the popular American. Oh, dude, this moment, th- this moment. It, there was a lot of skepticism. I yes. even remember around, I mean, a lot of it. There, there, a lot of people's thought on whether or not this would make sense completely hinged upon what you're about to yeah. get into further. 100%. So he, he willingly played the, the role as the voice of reason for the Iraq war. Bush and Cheney falsified the reasons for war, and rather than express doubts, Colin told President Bush he could take his case to the U.N. and win over the world. So it was his suggestion to go to the U.N. Right. Karl Rove then suggested that Colin should make the case to the U.N. Because he's the guy everybody loves. And you and inspectors... Well, it really is... I mean, ba- it, he was basically like, you're the, you're the only one you're that the only one trusts. Yeah. You're the you only know, one. there's a huge part of the country that is like, no, we don't want to go back to Iraq. Fuck that. That's crazy. Yeah. UN inspectors had found zero evidence of, of mass destru- weapons of mass destruction because there were no weapons of mass destruction. Uh, Rumsfeld, remember, he was just like, we know where they are. They're in the north, the south, and the west, and the east. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. what, what? What's going on? But nobody believed him at all. Yeah. Uh, in the Oval Office, Bush looked at uh, Colin Powell and said, quote, are you with me on this? Now, had he in that moment said no, She's eating he would have not Jose's gone food. on to li- have lied to the U.N., and he had done. He would have done the very moral thing and resigned instead of taking us into a war based on lies. And Bush would have had an incredibly hard time making the case for war if his general retired, saying, "No, this is bullshit." Before the it speech, it, I mean, it, uh, that the the diverging of that moment, you know, yeah. it is it is the regular timeline or the Biff timeline. Before the speech, Cheney's chief of so this is like a couple weeks before whatever. Cheney's chief of staff gave Colin a document full of lies connecting Hussein to Osama bin Laden. According to New York Times reporter Robert Draper, Colin said, "Quote: You guys really believe all this shit?" <laughs> uh, not helping his case here, Dave. Not helping the legacy. Colin appeared at the UN and would point at satellite photographs and drawings of what he claimed were secret facilities in Iraq that housed chemical, biological, and maybe even nuclear weapons. He held a vial of what he said could have been among... It was a vial that could... It was a vial of anthrax that could have been... It wasn't, but it it could... This could be the stuff he could have. Prop comedy. Yeah, it was total... It was a prop. But I mean, that that was... was I had a couple of friends 
who were with me that it was a bad call. And then I literally remember one of my friends being like, you think they're all lying? <laughs> and I, even I, I was like, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, if they are, it's crazy. They were very, it, that, I remember his speech. The next day, it was just torn oh, apart by the experts. The experts tore apart every part of it, but everybody believed it anyway. Every, everybody was like, it, it really was. It, it, was what, it was what sold it. So he's got this crazy little vial. He dismissed what Iraq. What if he dropped that vial during that pit? <laughs> oh, shit. Everyone be like, Jesus Christ, get out of here. Run. No, this is salt. This is sea salt. He dismissed Iraq's denial of having weapons of mass destruction as a web of lies. But the one lying is Colin Powell. His entire speech is one blatant lie after another. Quote, leaving Saddam Hussein in possession of weapons of mass destruction for a few more months or years is not an option. Not in a post-September 11th world. During his speech, he literally made up things he claimed were said in conversations, embellishing to the point of them being complete lies. He, and that's all his doing. Nobody asked him to do that. He literally embellished conversations to falsify them. Quote, my colleagues, every statement I make today is backed up by sources, solid sources. These are not assertions. What we're giving you are facts and conclusions based on solid intelligence. Oh, that must have been like, I mean, it's one of those things where it was probably like at the end, like that line got added and he's like, I mean, that's really like, that's a big one. And they're like, well, I mean, you're saying the other stuff earlier. He's like, he, there's no fucking way he didn't write this speech that I'm sorry, but they didn't write it for him. That's who he is. Yeah, I mean, been. it's just—it's just fucking it is, my life. It's, it's who it's he is. Such, it's—it's it's just. It was such a like. I mean, it was. It was. It was. You were so convinced by the end. You were like, oh fuck. Oh, people were. Yeah, people. Yeah, were like, the yeah, country yeah. was just like, oh wow, okay, yeah, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, his speech was the moment that pushed the U.S. full throttle into the Iraq War. Joe Biden called the speech "quote powerful and irrefutable." I'm sorry. But Biden knew, <laughs> Biden knew what the actual facts were. So I mean, he's if absolutely go, if, lying. If you go back and look at the things that Biden has oh, it's, been on the side of, it's just always. like, you're just like, every time it was bad, he's like, I'm in charge of this one. You're like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> all experts Fuck. pointed out the lies of the speech. They were obvious and that was all ignored. Colin helped extinguish the majority of domestic skepticism. Uh, and sorry, there, there, but there was also a lot of crazy rah rah in the media too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, for like sure. Big, 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 big papers were saying that they had that there were actually connections between Hussein and Al Qaeda oh, yeah. and the yeah, weapons yeah, of mass yeah. destruction and stuff. Yeah. Oh no, the New York Times. The New York Times. The New York was Times lying, was abysmal. Lying through this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then you know you you know uh, people. Have, for people who weren't around then, like, like at the University of Tennessee, they had a massive pro-war rally, which is a rally. That's <laughs> it's not well, a protest. That's a rally. Yeah, right. Well, well, and also it, it was like <laughs> that. Any time you were questioning it, you were not supporting the troops, and that became this. Uh, that became this kind of undercutting line that oh, was yeah. used so effectively to look. I've said this before, I think, on this podcast, but I got arrested protesting the first Gulf War in Santa Barbara. We, we protested in front of Raytheon, and we, we all got arrested. 
when the news, the local news that night played their story about the arrests, they transposed an Iraqi flag waving behind us. Shut your fucking mouth. You've never said that before on here. Oh, I haven't? Yeah, as we were arrested. So. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the kind of environment you're dealing with, right? It's, <laughs> it's just fucking total madness. Wow. Yeah. Um, so well, why did you do it in front of that Iraqi flag? <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, for the second time in his career, he played an, an integral and essential role in invading a country that posed absolutely no threat to the United States of America. He didn't have much of a role in the war. His State Department was pushed out of all planning by Cheney and Rumsfeld, as you can hear in Iraq or on our Iraq war episode. So he, he was used. He did his job and now they were done with him. Uh, he was pushed out, of, pushed out of the administration when Bush won re-election. Uh, he resigned. He was apparently, quote, furious that he'd been made a patsy, which I don't believe. Again, this is, I think, the PR story that he plays. Right. He's not. He was he, happy as shit to do all this stuff, unless his whole career leading up to it was some aberration. And, you know, this is the only time he was. I, I have the theory on. that there's two of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a pre, there's a PC and there's a, a PC. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is fucking crazy. When he retires in, in, in 84 and he resigns, his approval rating is at 87%. I mean, it's just un- 87%. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. Think about, think about all the shit he's done in his crypt. Oh, point. it's just, I mean, it, 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 it's the model. I mean, it, that is, that is, that's the model. So what does he do now with all of this? Well, he joins a a Silicon Valley venture capital firm. In 2008, he endorsed Barack Obama. He was put on the boards of uh, huge federal contractors, Salesforce and Bloom Energy. And he would often downplay the behavior of the United States on the world stage. My lie was just a procedural error. Chile was a mistake that he's and he's not proud of Iraq. He said they all had faulty information at the time. Or as he called it at the time, quote, do you really believe this shit when he was given the, the report? They brought a guy in who held up a vial and he convinced us that that could kill us. I mean, they were really trying to convince us. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, so he tried to portray him. He actually called himself a break man. Saying he was the guy in the room, always voicing dissent and calling things. As I didn't he throw saw the money them. in the bag. I just held the door for us to get out. <laughs> I told him not to rob the place. Just because I had a mask on. I mean, I didn't want to get in trouble. But look, in reality, he never saw a war or a conflict that he didn't go full on into, nor you, you know, you happily cover up all the shit. You can't thrive inside of this situation unless you are, you know, either extremely malleable or completely complicit yeah uh yeah so like i said he says he tries to he, he tries to portray himself as a bank bank breakman but he's really into the wars uh as uh we'll call him the great breakman now he once told robert draper of his un speech quote i knew i didn't have any choice what choice did i have he's the president mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah you do have a choice. Every 
like an honorable man, a moral man tells the president, no, you have a fucking choice. You can walk away. You have millions of fucking dollars. You have, right? He's a fucking multimillionaire at this point. He's had a, a great career. People fucking love him. He, he can easily fucking walk away. There is no, he's the president. He's illegally invading a country by lying. You, you would norm, I would normally say, like, you know, it kind of doesn't matter because there's another person behind him who will do it. But in of this course. situation, it, there was, wasn't. it was really it was really hinging upon... I mean, it was the two-minute drill. The ball was in Colin Powell's hands. You know, yeah. it, it was like... I don't think there was anyone else that would have been able to sell it. Yeah. Uh, he recognized it was a, quote, blot on my record. Oh, they, I, well, at least he owned it. <laughs> the Iraq war left over 100,000 Iraqis dead. The U.S. lost over 4,000 troops. It cost over $2 trillion. And, of course, now it's just still spiraling out of control. $20 trillion at the end of it or something, yeah. Uh, still, in 2012, even with all the horrible wake of destruction and, and destabilization, Colin told the AP, the U.S. quote, had a lot of successes because Iraq's terrible dictator is gone. Yeah. So he's... <laughs> so much safer. <laughs> so he's never... Uh, he's... he's that's, that's when the real... You know, it comes out. It, the real Colin Powell leaks out. So in um, 2013, uh, it was leaked that Gossifer, the hacker... Oh, right. Yeah, right. Leaked emails of a relationship between uh, Powell and uh, a Romanian parliament member, Corina Cretu. Uh, so they'd worked together in whatever diplomatic meetings or whatever in like 2010, and they were very spicy emails. I don't uh, I didn't know about this. Why? Why? I mean, that's the thing that's so oh, fucking annoying about the news networks is that there's so much interesting shit. <laughs> you, you could totally get ratings off of this other shit. I mean, obviously, they're just bought, but it would just be like there is a model for like, oh, my God. At one point, she uh, texted him, uh, sip a glass of wine with me, as you used to tell me, advising me to lie neck naked on that sofa. Well, Dave, by the way, it, it is spicy, but it's like old weird people spicy. It's, well, it's when also you Romanian. offered me a glass of wine and then told me to lay naked on the lounger. <laughs> I mean, her her English isn't great. She's trying to right. write stuff and it's it's pretty bad. But uh, yeah, so there's look, most of it is her. It is her uh, hitting on him and him not really responding with stuff. But oh, okay. she would say stuff. She would say stuff like, remember, you used to tell me to lie naked on right. the couch. Like, so there's shit there. So he uh, probably was uh, like, yeah, quit emailing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, once he figured out uh, he had been hacked by Gossiper, he told her to delete everything, even though he probably already had it. Um, she called him the love of her life. Oh, wow. Uh, he said uh, that, you know. He said, quote, over time, the emails became very personal in nature, but did not result in an affair. Those type of emails ended years ago. There was no affair then. There was no affair now. Well, the guy wouldn't lie. <laughs> so, wow. At one, point, at one point, she said, good weather could make you come, meaning come <laughs> to Romania. Oh. And, and I know. <laughs> I right? was going to yeah. say, oh, an 80 degree day. I'll ruin my swim trunks. And he responded, you and the weather could make that happen. Wow. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, what to make of that, but uh, we'll leave that there. Sure, sure. Hopefully uh, people don't get our emails. <laughs> uh, so, right, so October 18th, 2021, Nicole and Powell died from complications from COVID-19 at the age of 84. COVID. Despite, despite uh, you know, there were, of course, all the all the, the the Tony Blairs and the people it like that. He's a great remarkable. man. The fucking lovely uh, person. He couldn't have been more honorable. Um, but then in some circles, he's roundly criticized as the man who lied us into war. Liberals and conservatives in the U.S. and L's fucking love him, and they cheered his greatness. Iraqi journalist uh, Muntadir al-Zayadi said, quote, I am saddened by the death of Colin Powell without being tried for his crimes in Iraq. But I'm sure the court of God will be waiting for him. Al Ziyadi may be the greatest hero of the Iraq war. He is the one who threw a shoe. I knew it. At Bush. I knew it. God, just honestly, it takes so little. Like if the boot had just smashed his face, I'd be like, okay, I feel better about it. I feel a little bit better. It, It really is like, it, it, this, and this keeps happening. This, you know, like when when our when news networks that are considered left and right are bringing on, like when Bill Crystal or okay. uh, David Frum, or yeah. you know, like like people who are part of the starting of this nightmare are your voices of reason. <laughs> it just does show you how far off the map we really, really are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even a geography major would be able to tell you. But yeah. when, so it, it, and, and when he did die, the amount of outpouring, I mean, there was like, there was, it was everywhere. Yeah. The, the level of outpouring of emotion, support, and even minor acknowledgement of what he did, but, but, you know, sanitizing it so that it wasn't bad to what you were saying that he was, he was like the bad cop, yeah. you know, on the whole, on the whole thing. And like, and, and when Tony Blair is singing your praises, that should not be looked at as positive. <laughs> Those should be no. flags. They've yeah. created this ring, this, in, this, this ring of who they are, what they want and what they'll do to protect it. And we are unable to get through it. We yeah. can't, we can't, you send, you send good people to go fulfill the mission of ending this shit and they just get sucked in as well. The, you know, it goes on and on. The idea yeah. that nobody is ever able to actually change the level of commitment to not just, not just giving the military money, but all the covert missions and all the proxy wars and all these things that are going on that are 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 attempted coups that you just never fucking hear about it's it is we are so enamored by something that we aren't that we're unable to ever recognize who we are yeah and and we've just lived in it for so long now well if you don't if you don't take responsibility for what you've done, then you just yeah. If you don't acknowledge, if you don't acknowledge as as a country, you know the things that we have done. Well, look, you're just I gonna mean, keep I, doing it. I think one of the greatest examples is this Russian thing that just happened. You know, where oh Russia stole the election, blah blah. 
America literally overthrew Russia in the mid nineties. Like we, our bankers and our we, our fucking CIA, we went in there and we we overthrew it. The reason Putin is in power is us. Like we just create a fucking shit show everywhere. But that's the same with Hussein, right? Yes, we we well we funded Hussein because we were and on. It's the same the with Al Qaeda. Uh, yes, we created Al Qaeda. All the shit we made, and, and, and then, so it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, we're a bad friend. Well, and the CIA is just, uh, 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 I mean, they're outside of any control and they just create shit storms uh, like they're a disaster. Absolute disaster. And and so when you really think about like the level of how, you know, you bring on on again, I mean, I just I use the mainstream media networks because that is where most Americans get their information as far as what is important and what is going on when you have. Go I don't ahead. think so anymore. I think well, they're done. Well, would you would, uh, would I think they're done too. I mean, they're trying to launch streaming networks and it's actually quite hilarious. But okay, but like the Washington Post or the New York Times, like sure. it's still these enormous institutions sure. that have never been brought to task for the misrepresenting right. and misreporting that they've done at, at minimum um foolishly and you know more so because they've been told to and they are controlled by the corporations and shit like that you just can't get the real message through it's yeah, you're the, never gonna be able even to. twitter i mean like twitter is like able to deplatform or like you on fucking instagram when like if oh, you yeah. look up you you don't find you right. you have to put in your exact fucking underscores dave underscore anthony underscore yeah to find you yeah. So you, there, is this, there is this effort at the highest of levels where we get information or where at least people could publish truth, true information, but the real truth is also removed. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at what is going on with Assange, it's just like the fact that that is where people have decided to focus vitriol <laughs> really just shows you how easy it is to convince us our ass is our mouth and our colon is our general. Jesus. Speaking of which, uh, the sources are uh, Karen DeYoung, the book Soldier, The Life of Colin Powell, uh, Christopher Sullivan, Colin Powell, a political biography, and then, of course, Colin's own book, My American Journey. Also, uh, notablebiographies.com, uh, Jacobin Magazine, HistoryNet, uh, History.com, The Guardian, uh, Rolling Stone, NPR, uh, AP News, uh, Consortium News, and uh, American Prospect. Everyone should read American Prospect. Uh, Politico, Mother Jones. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a tasty. Mm. No, it's. Uh, it's I I, uh, I had no idea. I actually never paid attention to him. I, I thought he was. You know, I, I've just said he's a war criminal since the Iraq War. But I I didn't know about the Vietnam stuff. I didn't know about the Iran Contra stuff. Um, I didn't even know he was part of um, Panama. Like. This guy's history is uh, just grotesque. It's a it's a really bad history of a person, and and, it, and to to note how celebrated he was in America is uh, that's that's how diseased America is. America is a fucking diseased, dark, disturbing country. And it 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 truly it truly is. I mean, it's 
you know, there's for a country that tries to point out the flaws in almost every other place, it's like, holy But fuck. we don't. We point out the flaws in ways that aren't right. real. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that you know, we are, we do, we are considered like the referees of Earth in but, many ways. But, but we call ourselves that. The rest of the world thinks I'm, we're I'm, a fucking uh, asshole. Dude, of course. I'm talking uh, about the, the I'm talking about the way this country views itself. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The way, that, the way that we view, I mean, I, when I say we, I don't mean like you and I. I mean like right. Americans, America. Right. We consider ourselves to be this thing that is so important that it's almost, it's so untrue in so many ways that it's almost impossible for us to process. You, you are talking about deprogramming like Scientologists if yeah. you're going to actually let people in on really how it all fucking yeah, it's a, works I mean, and why it works. Anyway, you're a bummer. I, you're a fucking bummer. I was just reading a story. You got all fucking yeah, right. weird. Ugh. I'm at least glad like, you had to read a part of his book, you prick. That'll teach you. Well, here's some fun stuff. I didn't. Uh, Ron Placone did. I, I read, ah, he was I a Placoner. A, I read a bunch of articles, <laughs> but this is a Placone uh, situation. Man, just so, very. Uh, I didn't read the books. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it'll be interesting to see how people feel about this. <laughs> Uh, you know, who gives it? I mean, just fucking own up to your shit at this point. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I know. I know. It's time for I, us I to am, admit we're the ones pissing in the coffee maker at the office. I am so exhausted by people not wanting to hear the truth. It's just exhausting. And that's on the fucking, that's, on, that's liberals and conservatives. There's. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just watching people the say left Biden, even. Biden's, Biden's not doing a good job and people flipping out. You're like, he's. The, the COVID's a disaster right now. It's a disaster. You can say this isn't you, going well. D- diluting. Look, you have two options. You can either dilute yourself now or dilute yourself when it's Trump again. So yeah. pick. When do you want it? When do you, I mean, you'll, we acknowledge reality when it's Trump and it's fucking disgusting. We have, you have, you have to, in order to avoid that, beat it. You can't do the same. You have uh, to beat it. You have I to just, provide. The the whole thing now watching is like, watching it just sort of wilt in the hands. You know, it, it's just like the obvious play, and we're not. It's not even asking for a ton. No, it's just like some shit. Yeah, some shit. Just cancel fucking. Just do the things you said you'd do. do you would be thing. an extremely popular president. <laughs> yeah, he would. Ah, uh, all right. Fuck you, Dave. Oh, f- what? No, we sign fuck yous 